Blessings, blessings. I just want to have a seat for a second. Uh, I just want to share something before we get into the word. Uh, time is going to be, you know, a little short today, but we, we're going we're gonna to rock for Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 We're going to rock for Jesus. You with me? Amen. 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 Good to see you this morning. Praise the Lord for you this morning. Thank God for you this morning. Uh, if you got up, man. If you got up, you got to say, God is good. Amen? God is good, right? I mean, think about it. Many went to bed last night, didn't get up. Okay? I, I just want to talk to you before we get into the message. Sometime we come to church and there's people that come for the first time, the second time, and they see what's going on and things are really like, wow, don't people emotional. Because I, you know, I used to think that. I used to think, don't people crazy? They're emotional. There's no need for that. They jump around too much. They yell too much. You know, did they take their medication this morning? <laughs> so you see, but the reason I say that, and I want you to catch this. See, when you haven't been through anything, you can talk all that. See, when you, when you haven't been through anything, you can, you, can, you, can, you can just be, you know, judgmental or critical, right? See, but when you go to something and God brings you out, when, when you go to something, lose your eyesight, lose your legs, get a bad doctor's report, and man, your kid's on drugs, you lost your job, and God just come, his goodness just pass you by and restore everything. Then you got something to jump and to be emotional about. Understand? Because those that are grateful, those that are saying, thank you, Jesus. Amen? Because one day, we'll, I, I remember I was in Times Square Church, and this lady was jumping around. I said, lady, please, sit down. And the Lord said, you don't know what, the, you don't know the price. You don't know the price of Halal Abbas box and, and what she's been through. And that's why she's praising me that way. Understand? Hey, it, 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 it is from a place of gratitude. From a place, Lord, if you didn't show up, I would have been dead in the water. Lord, if you didn't show up, this room will be empty. There'll be just four walls and chairs in this place. Because all of us have to be grateful. Even if you're an unbeliever, you have to be grateful that God haven't sent you to hell yet. Think about it. I know I am. So I jump, I, I flip, I throw myself on the floor. Because I know where God brought me from. I know where God delivered me from. <laughs> I know when, when, when I, was, I was in all that, in a bag of chips, God still was good to me. You with me? So, so I, I want to talk to you tonight. I want to talk to you before I get into the message real quick. I want, you know, the body of Christ is spiritually anemic because of the lack of giving. You know, when you give to God, listen to this. Not only what you give, it covers your house. It covers not only your finances, it covers your children, your marriage. It covers everything which you give to God financially. It covers everything that you stand for, your house stand for, your children stand for, your purpose, your destiny, your career, your job. Even when you're unemployed, when you give to God, God knows how to show up at 11.59. You know, it, it comes to a place. You know, seriously, it comes to a place, you understanding that there's a, there's, a, there's a terrible book in the Bible. The book of Malachi. The book of Malachi, those people were selfish, arrogant. They even questioned God. You, you with me? The book of Malachi, they even questioned God like, like, yeah, we do this, we do that. We get, we, we, how you say we're robbing you? I mean, they have the audacity to question the seal of the universe, saying who, who, they were building stuff for themselves. But you know what happened in the story? God closed the book. And God didn't speak for 400 years. What happened to those people? Because Christians do today, we miss God's opportunity to be a blessing. And then we cry, we mope, we whine. Why ain't getting blessed? Why that sister's getting blessed? But you don't know what price she paid. You don't know what she gave. You don't know her attitude of giving. You don't know her situation. Listen, I remember I shared one story with you real quick. I remember I was on the plane, and I give God everything. I don't give God my Ishmael. I give him my Isaac. 
I don't, you see, what pastor was saying, people were coming and dropping stuff at the bucket when Jesus was watching. They were just giving from, from the, re, they were giving from the extra. They were giving from the extra. They were giving the Ishmael. They were never giving the Isaac. The lady came and she dropped her Isaac in the bucket. God said, that's what I'm talking about. See, it, was, it wasn't a situation that she gave it all. She gave her best. She gave her best. You with me? So I was on the plane, right? And, and, and I said, Lord, you know, two things about a plane. Either they crash or you got some jihad guy on the plane. <laughs> you know? And if it's jihad, I'm okay with that because he weighed 90 pounds. I could bench press him. <laughs> you know, I could jihad him until we get down from 37,000 feet. It's called a 5 4 ministry. When we came down there, we'll be singing, How Great Is Our God. Not Allah, none of that chicken wing stuff. And, 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 and one thing about flying, I fly a lot. Listen, I had a car, and I think I put 3,000 miles in one year, because I'm always flying. And now in the plane, and, the, and, and we were coming into Houston, and the pilot said, we can't land, because there's a tornado watch. There's a tornado watch, we have to turn the plane around, we got enough gas to turn it around and go to, uh, I think it was Austin, Texas. And I'm like, and then you, even the atheists, they start speaking in tongues. You know, <laughs> when you're like 30,000 feet, I mean, the whole plane, it turned to a Christian plane. It wasn't even Delta anymore. Everybody speaking in tongues, getting the holy water out. But when you give to God, God will cover you. God will bless you. God will take care of you. I mean, this guy, this pilot was stupid. All he knew how to say, we ain't running out of gas. That's not a good thing to say when you're 30,000 feet. I just need to know if you're going to land this bad boy. That's what I want to know. And then we went halfway, came back again, and the airport was closed, and we were just spinning around Houston, waiting for, like, Dorothy and a tornado to hit us. I mean, spinning around, spinning around. It was like this lady one time, she was on the plane, the plane looked like it was on crash, it was shaking, it was vibrating, and everybody was screaming in the plane. I mean, people had their seatbelts so tight, they couldn't even breathe, right? I, I don't know what they have seatbelts on the plane anyway, I mean, I understand a car, but on the plane, come on, really? <laughs> so she's just, it's going crazy, going crazy, right? And she's like, she's like this, like nothing. And man turned over and say, lady, Ain't you going to scream with us? Ain't you going to cry with us? Ain't you going to pray with us? She said, I'm going to see one of my sons today. And, and then he said, what do you mean? He said, either the one in California or the one in heaven. Amen. I'm cool. <laughs> you know, because when you, when you stand in God's promises, when you stand on the truth, when you stand for who he is. And, and, you know, Pastor can do something, pastor can do something, and I end with this, pastor can do something. He can go to the government and get a grant, apply for a grant or whatever. But you know what, what the government will do? Once you do that, they got you by the throat. Then they can tell you how to do your church, how to do it, when to do it, who to let in the church, and who to marry. Okay, so God's turning to you today. He said, would you build my house? Would you build my house? Listen, last Sunday I was coming up to see Julio, and one thing is going down the stairs and falling, but one thing is coming up the stairs and falling. That's not cool. <laughs> I felt the books was all over the place. Thank God I didn't have a pocketbook. It would have been all, all, all the stuff would have been all over the place. So, so, so God said, are you going to build my house? Are you going to build my house? Because I, one thing I've learned in ministry, and pastor can testify, if you take care of God's house, he'll take care of your house. He'll take care of your kids. He'll take care of your marriage. He'll take care of your crazy boss. But that boss yours is a devil. Right? But God give you grace to stay there and shine. And shine. I know Times Square Church, this bosses, Jewish bosses had called Pastor Carter. And tell them, the employees that I have here, the, the, the ones that go to your church, and this is a, this is a non-believing Jewish people boss. He said, they're amazing. They're amazing. Look, look at the praise report. So what is your praise report to give into the house of God today? 
What would be your praise report? Listen, I, I, I gave online, I gave $500 online, right? And I'm telling you something to get you somewhere. I gave 500 and then I, I did like a little video and the, there was a pastor in Texas. This is not even her church, she's in Texas. She sent me a check for $500. She said, give this to that church. I want to be part of this. And I got the check in my hand. You know what I could, you know what I could have said? I could have said, well, I gave 500 I can, the, name, the check got my name on it, you know, and I can just cash it and get my 500 back. But I'll be robbing God. I'll be robbing God. I'm not robbing the church. I'm robbing God. And the reason we lack and the reason we don't have and the reason God can't trust you with millions of dollars is because you lack. How can he trust you with a million dollars when he can't trust you with five bucks? Think about it. You're going to come up to me and say, yo, John, let me five. Okay, pow. I let you five. You come next week. Yo, John, throw me a ten spot. You didn't pay me the five. You want a ten. I, you owe me five. Get back that five in my pocket and I'll trust you with a ten. And, and, I'm, and I, I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I think that way. How much God thinks about you? So today, my sister's going to come up. They, she, she, she's going to say something real quick. I'm going to give, where's the cash lady with the machine? Get the full stand machine. Get that thing. We want full stand. We don't want no IOUs. I don't want no coins. I'm serious. It's time to show God, Lord, I'm going to come so into this house. I'm going to make sure that those stairs, next time I come back, that sign. You know, we don't have a sign up in this church, and people don't know there's a church here. People pass by, and they think this is a house. There's no sign indicating that this is the house of God. So I want you to invest on, on, on giving the opportunity to God. You be a, be a blessing so you can receive a blessing. Be a blessing so you can receive a blessing. You with me? All right, so my sister's going to give something here. Where's the cash person? The, the, the ching, ching, ching cash thing. No, no, like the, you know. Are they sleepy? Huh? Well, come up here. Come up here. I want the machine right up here. I ain't blind. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to watch everything today. Get that, get that thing up here. I'm going to be like Jesus. What, what you put in there? Can I see the number, please? That thing better put a smile on my face. There you go, get that cash machine. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give, my sister's gonna say something. I just wanna say real quick, for those of you who gave when we were doing the fundraiser, when we were small and doing just the tickets, uh, for the Valentine's Day dinner and all that, a few of you bought tickets and I took a little and that was for the fundraiser, the raffle. Well, this is the money for those who are questioning or wondering or where, this is it. It's about $500. 500 people. So there's another five, praise the Lord. And I just want to give it publicly because I received it publicly. We gave online, but that was Julia and I because we need to put that, that front to work. And before, here, let me just put this. And I just want to clarify two things. When Julio's first leg was amputated, I had told my pastor, we're not, I'm not going to church because I'm not going to have the men lift up Julio and hurt their back. And he went and he personally bought a ramp for the front. But because of the stairs are so steep, the ramp, it's not, it's not the best one. We have it, for those who question. We have it. We could even go online and order one for three to $5,000. But again, because the stairs are so steep, it would have to go into the street and move it. And it, again, it's not beneficial. So we have to break ground. We have to do the whole front. And when we break down all the front, we don't know what's underneath, what's behind, what's going to fall. So we need to have more than enough. Yes. So we were. Now we're up to this place. Praise the Lord. Thank you all. Let me, let me ask you, listen, amen to that. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to say something quick. I'm going to say something quick. If you're going to build God's house, build it with excellence. Listen, forget that cheap stuff, putting a little ramp up there, you know what I'm saying? Build the house in excellence. You want to, let me, when I go to your house, what kind of furniture you? You got crate and a black and white TV? You got crate and a black and white TV, or you still got those plastic things, sofa that people sit on it. They, de de they dehydrate. How many people got a plasma TV up in here? You got no black and white TV. So how much more important than God's house? So she, they gave 500. I, where was the cash guy? I want to give 200. Put me down for 200. Okay, because I believe, I believe that, you know what? You can't outgive God. 
So I'm asking you today, and I'm not gonna be like those pen preachers on TV, you know, them, them prostitute preachers. Oh, I, I, ah, I feel like over here in this cell, over here, there's 500, there's, there's 10 people over here. Ah, there's a thousand dollars right here. Ah, and then the two thousand. I ain't gonna do that. That's the devil. That's the devil. Let God touch your heart. Let the Lord touch your heart. Amen. You know what you give, man. You know what you can give to the Lord. Just like Pastor said, be a cheerful giver. Give your best. I don't have to prostitute you. I don't have to pimp you. You know what? It's you and God, man. Say, Lord, you know what? I'm going to come here and I'm going to do this because I love, I love God's house. And I want to give God my best today. That's all. And I promise you, I promise you that God, will, he's not going to let you down. Amen. That's all I have to say. I'm not going. I'm not going to, you know, hype you up. I gave 200 because, you know, God said give, and if God said give more, I give more. No big deal. It's not my money anyway. Amen. Amen. So come up, come up, come up, come up and give. Hallelujah. Come up and give. Give from the heart. <laughs> Bring your money, girl. I got a nine millimeter. I'm gonna have to do like Nikki Cruz. Collect the money with a nine. Next time I do an offering, I'm gonna come here with a nine millimeter and say, give it your wallet. Give me your wallet. Put your wallet in there. True story. Nikki Cruz did that. When he was in the gang member, he just got saved. Wilkerson told him, collect the offering. He went with a gun. He, collect all, he, collected, he collected the offering and a lot of driver's license. Amen? I got a word from the Lord today. I want to bless you with this word. And, and we also, we all, we, we're going to keep, Pastor and I, and Julio, we agree, we're going to keep the fundraising open to the end of the month. For those that would like to give, like my sister said something that was very key. You know, you, you can start buying a house, right? You buy a house and... You can even have an inspector come, and then before you know it, there's things in the house that it was overlooked. There was things in the house that, you know, you didn't know they were going to be there. You know, you didn't know they were going to be there, and then now you're dealing with an extra bill or an extra situation to fix it. So even if God touched your heart on, during the week or, or the coming days, 
you know, we, we are going to have the thing open, Bright, right? And you can go, how, how we they go there? There's a specific link. There's a specific link on Facebook. So when you go to Calvary Christian Fellowship, you could ask for that specific link. Also, there's a link on your website also. Yeah, johnremmer.org. Yeah. You can go to my website. And listen, I, let me say something. I, I just want to say how I do it, right? I just want to say how I do it. I, I, I came here for free. I didn't get on, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get an honor and offering, and I'm saying this to say to you is I believe to be kingdom-minded for the Lord. Amen. Amen. I even, even down in California, in California, right, there was a pastor that had been very good to my ministry in the past. I mean, flew me in, took care of me, blessed me financially, and when I heard that man was having problems in his situation and he was having a struggle, I didn't look the other way. And you know what I did? I did a fundraising for him, okay? I did a fundraising for him. And he got blessed. He collected $16,500. And I didn't get not even a dollar. Understand? So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not just trying to make you drink the Kool-Aid. Because if I'm not doing it, then I don't expect you to do it. I'm not going to come up and say something that I'm not doing. Understand? I'm not going to do that. They, they, they was, I, I was down in uh, Seattle, Washington, and these pastors came with me, right? And, and I'm preaching at church in Delaware. With me? I preach in the church in Delaware, and uh, I preach my heart on Delaware, and they bless me extra. So this time around, a year later, about a year later, right, they, they invited me to Seattle, Washington. Seattle is beautiful, but it rains a lot. Don't move there. <laughs> You'd be depressed. Then you need more deliverance. <laughs> so so I, 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 I brought them with me. They came with me to support me, to be there with me, right? And when we went there, we ministered and all that stuff, and, 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 and they collected a big offering, uh, the church, a big offering. I'm not going to tell you the money because none of your business. But they collected a big offering. You know what I did? I cut it in half, and I gave those pastors half. I could have took it home and said, well, psh, they didn't minister with me. They didn't, you know, they didn't cast out no devils. So they didn't do this. They didn't preach. You know? Why should I give them half? Maybe, maybe I give them five bucks, 250 for the wife and 250 for the husband. No, I give them half. Don't, you know, one thing I share, the last thing I say to you, don't let money own you. You own money. Don't let money own you. You own money. Because when you let money own you, then God can't trust you. Because it becomes your God. But when you let, when you, when you have self-control, and you can own money, and don't let it own you, then God can trust you. With, with treasures of heaven. Amen? So I just want to say that, to really to say, that's why I'm here. I'm here because one for Jesus, two pastor, and an awesome man of God, Julio. He's my ambassador quads. I'm Jerry Maguire, by the way. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I, I got, listen, I just want to talk to you real quick today. Paul makes a very powerful statement in the epistles. Paul said, I press towards the mark to the high calling. I leave those things behind. I leave those things behind. Paul understood that in order to get to the finish line, to the end zone, in order to get to, to, get to that place with Jesus, there's things that you have to leave behind. You can't have no hindering, no, no delay, no blockages, no strongholds. Paul said, I leave those things behind. Paul, Paul, you got to remember, Paul was a murderer. Paul was converted. Paul spoke five languages. Paul was a religious devil. But what, what really touched Paul Really, I think in the book of Acts, what really touched Paul was when he saw the, the, the death of Stephen. He held the coats of those that stoned him. He saw something in that man that he knew that he didn't have. Yeah. Understand? So Paul came to a place to understand that I'm not perfect, but I'm pressing to that place that God wants me to be. I, can't, I don't have it all together, but I'm pressing towards that place. Because you have to understand that when you meet the devil... In the ring, when you meet the devil in your life, you meet the devil that's coming against your family, coming against you. To meet the devil, it's not it, the, 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 the fight in spiritual warfare. It's like boxing. It, it is like boxing. You see, you see Pacquiao and, and Floyd and all these people. They train, they train, but they know it's three. They know it's twelve rounds. They know that already. They know that it's three minutes of fight, three minutes around. They know that. What they, what they are trying to establish in the ring is who gets the rhythm in the fight. And a lot of Christians get in the ring, they don't have no rhythm. 
They have no rhythm in the fight. And that's what the devil has taken advantage. That's what the, and then today the church at large, they, 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 they announce the devil. They, they, they talk about the devil, but they don't confront the enemy. Jesus never backed down from a fight. Jesus never backed down from any devil. Jesus was confrontational everywhere he went. Controversial everywhere he went. Flipping tables, smacking people with whip. I think Jesus, at that point he was Puerto Rican. He got the belt out. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. So, 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 so Paul, we, we talk about the, the apostle, the, the apostle Paul, the one that, 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 he didn't even hang out with Jesus. Paul didn't walk with Jesus for three years. But he had an encounter. He had a, he had a revelation. He, he, he had so much clarity in his spirit who God was. Imagine. So, so what I'm saying to you today is it, it's, it's this. It's one thing about Christians, we start everything and finish nothing. Wow. Then we blame the year. Or we blame the church. Then we blame the, everybody blaming the devil. The devil don't got that much power. Please stop blaming the devil and take responsibility for yourself. The devil make me do it. The devil make me do it. The devil make me do it. What about taking responsibility for you? It's like people, I lost five jobs, a boss. No, maybe it's you. Maybe you the jacked up one. It's, it's, it's taking an account, an assessment. Am I, could I be wrong? Could I be making a mistake? Could I have opened doors because maybe I'm arrogant, selfish, prideful? Do people don't want to hear the truth? You just want new people to sugarcoat you, change your diaper, burp you, make sure I give you a nice warm bottle of milk, you know, pamper you, put a little lotion on you. That ain't Christianity. That's the devil. That ain't Christianity. Look at Peter. Oh, you're the son of God. The week later, Jesus said, I rebuke you. Get behind me. It's, it's a place, a place of Christian and walking with God. It's a place of balance. A place of balance. So, so what was the last time? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you really think? I mean, ask yourself one question. Is God real to you? Is he real to you? Or he's the cartoon? Is he real to you? It, 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 it's, it's, is your relationship with the Holy Spirit real to you? Is it real to you? Or you know of him, but you don't know him? Do you come to church because you're guilty? Because you don't want to go to hell? Or you come to church because you want to have an encounter with the living God? When you wake up in the morning, are you mindful throughout the day about Jesus Christ and who he is in your life? Are you mindful? Or your mind is so cluttered and consumed and cloudy with things of the world. And the devil is vexing you and tormenting you. That the last time before you go to bed, you think about Jesus. Who you give your time to? Who owns your time? Who owns, who owns your time? Who owns your time? I mean, here in the Bible, in the Bible, let, let me just run it down real quick to you. You know, where do you see yourself with God? Or where do you want God to see you? Because you could, you could come to church and still don't be lined up with the purposes of, of heaven. And then you know what happens people like that? They become religious. And they're the worst people to have in the church around you. I don't want religious people around me. I, one, time, one, time, one time I was in a, I was a young Christian. I didn't know, you know, I was a young Christian. They told me, you want to come to your chest? You know how you know, Spanish churches are. Ven pasa pa aquí para que de tu demonio. I'm like, come back. Come by here, you can give your testimony. And they don't, they don't even buy you a tuna fish sandwich and a, a Pepsi. So I went to give my testimony, and, and, and I'm sitting there like this young man, and this man sitting like this, real handsome like that, and then I was, I was sitting, you know, like this, and the pastor come on and said, hey, my brother, I'm glad you're here today to give the testimony. And he had the wrong guy. I was sitting over there. He had the wrong guy because he was, he, he, he was looking at me from the outside. You know, oh, you have to dress this way to look holy. And then when he, when he knew it was me, 
He said, can I talk to you in the back? He bought two bodyguards for him. You only have eight people in your church. Well, you need two bodyguards with you. Eight cats in your church. And you got, he bought this bodyguard with him. Two bodyguards. Dumb and dumber. Oh, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, you can't preach in my church. I said, why? I said, why? Well, give me, give me a reason. You worldly. Worldly? How am I worldly? You're wearing a watch. A watch. And you're wearing a chain around your neck with a cross. Well, stupid. Uh, I'm an Indian. I don't know how to tell time by the moon and the sun. I need to watch. <laughs> I'm going to go, how? Four o'clock. <laughs> and by the way, last time I checked, I'm wearing the chain with the cross because I'm a Christian. You weren't complaining when I, when I used to wear when I was a devil worship and I had the chain and the cross upside down. But you're complaining. Now that I got it upside up. Now you're complaining. So they threw me out of the church. They threw me out. They escorted me out. I was like, they escorted me out when he had eight people in his church. And when they escorted me out, they had about 300 people in Spanish Harlem. You know how the Puerto Ricans are? They, they, they hang out right in the stool. They, you know, they, 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 they take that summer. They rock that summer outside. <laughs> Tell you. I'm going to get Christian Prozac. Sell Christian Prozac in church for people. Come out and get free. Peter, let me talk to you about Peter really quick. Peter, Peter, Peter. It's amazing that Peter walked on water. And I was saying yesterday, Peter walked on water, right? Remarkable. I mean, what's the last time someone walked on water besides Jesus? I mean, people, we curse, oh, he drowned, but did you walk on water? You can't even stand in your own tub at your fall. And you're going to walk on water. <laughs> Peter walked on water. Emmanuel, Peter walked on water, but he denied Jesus on dry ground. Because, you see, Peter had a moment, but when you're on dry ground, you have to be consistent. So, 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 so it's amazing. This guy, I mean, Peter, 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 Peter was daring. He walked on water, but then I, Jesus, Peter had a revelation. You are the son of God. A week later, Jesus had rebuked him. You with me? A week later, Jesus rebuked him. I mean, here's Peter, 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 Peter. Jesus said to him, the devil has permission to sift you, but I have prayed for you. Crazy Peter, daring Peter. And Peter was like, I got this. Oh, Lord, don't worry about these clowns that are hanging out here in this supper table. I got your back, Pete. You know, I got you, Lord. We're going to the cross together. An hour later, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. Me hanging out with him? No, I never hung out with him. Imagine. Imagine. Catch that. Peter. Peter. Crazy Peter. Peter got off the little bus. In case you, you didn't know. <laughs> Crazy Peter. Peter, right? It, it, it. A lot of times, we blame the enemy because we don't want to take responsibility. Job. What about Job? Job. Righteous Job. Righteous Job, he had, he, had, he had a seed in him that God had to deal with. Because he got too cocky, too confident, he thought he knew God. So God had to let him go to some something. As a matter of fact, the historians say that Job's trial was one year. So when you beat the book of Job from the cha first chapter to 42 chapters, one year trial, that he went to lost everything. Lost everything. Job lost everything. Couldn't, he couldn't even stand on his own two feet because he lost something. He lost. It, it, is God having a, a conversation with the devil in eternity about you? That you didn't get the memo? Is God talking about you in eternity and you didn't get the memo? And now the, instead, of FedEx show, instead of FedEx Express showing up at the door, the devil shows up. Think about it. Think about it. And Job, and Job, you can imagine, in the chapter 38, chapter, it's amazing, in chapter 38, God got tired of, of the whining. And he said, get yourself ready. Ponte los pantalones. Put your pants on. I'm going to talk to you now. And God said, what were you when I did this? What were you when I did that? What were you when I did that? I did this, I did that. What were you? You know what Job said? 
I kind of knew about you, but now I know you. <laughs> you know? Because when the CEO of the universe, the one that holds your breath, talks to you, you better come right. Because he is the holiest of holies. And that last time I checked in the Old Testament, when you didn't come right, you die right there in the spot. And God told, get, get, do something for your friends, because they're, they're you're going to have three funerals. Be careful who you hang out. Be careful who's speaking to your life. It's funny because I, 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 I was in a church. I came from a church in the Bronx. And I'm not going to get into who it was or who it is. I came from a church in the Bronx. And they say, oh, the guy, uh, he, he's the devil boy. He's the devil boy. He's the devil boy. Right? And all this stuff. And I hear the rumors that I was the devil boy. It took two years before they asked me to fellowship. And, 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 the, and they were like, oh, put a, put a muscle on him. He's like a dog. He talks too much. All that stuff was going on. You see, and then one time I got, a, I got in this car, I got in this little Astro van, remember the Astro van? A little like Mexican van, you're crossing the border. You with me? I got one of those, and that was with some dudes in the, in the van, right? And they were, hallelujah, Jesus is Jesus, that Jesus is They said, John, what do you think? I said, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the language. I don't know what I'm thinking. And today, today, all those people backslid. I'm the only one serving Jesus Christ today. You see, because I know that if I could have made a commitment to the devil for 25 years, how much more should I commit with God that he, he gave me a chance to cross over to the other side? How much more did I have to be committed? I am committed not to a building. I'm not committed to not to an organization. I'm committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I can commit to the devil for 25 years, then Lord, I am committed to you. Because today we don't have commitments anymore. We break commitment. We, we break promises. We lie. Then you want to be blessed. How is it that you could commit to your boss, but you can't commit to Jesus? How is it that your boss said, come in from 9 to 5, and you there, you there, you there quarter to 9, but you can't sit down and talk to God with your Bible? But God took that devil that's, that's praying you on Friday. That is the pipeline that God's using to feed you. So when, so when God tells me, go, go preach somewhere, I'm like, well, can you give me a church somewhere close by? And Lord said, no, I get, you get on the plane, you go. You know, it, it, preaching is not easy. It, it, people think we come up here and they think just because you're wearing a suit and you're wearing a little cologne, everything is cool. No, no. Get yourself on a plane like I do and go to a hotel in the middle of nowhere, no one around you for four days and you locked up in a room for four days, you and Jesus, and you're going to preach to people, they're going to show up. And you're there for four days, you don't know nobody. You can't talk to nobody. You can't call nobody because people are at work. And you're sitting in a hotel four days, for four days, by yourself, seeking God for the people he's trusting you with to preach to them. I'm not like these pastors. I was hanging out, I was hanging out with Katy Perry's dad. I was hanging out with Katy Perry's dad two years ago down in uh, Santa Barbara. That's where he lived. And I was hanging out with him. And he told me this dude came, this past family pastor came from... Uh, some place say, yo, I'm here, let's hang out, let's chill out, whatever. You know, let's go. He went out, man, they ate ice cream, they went to the movie, they went clothes shopping, the next day they did the same thing. Then he went to TBN and preached. He preached, and he, he won't preach a paint off the wall. People were hooping and hollering because you know why? And, and, and Katy Perry's dad was saying, uh, when this guy's going to the hotel and pray and seek God for a word. He was saying that. Katy Perry's dad was saying that. When this guy's going to go to the hotel and seek God for a word for, the, for, the, for TV tonight. And the guy just went there, he preached because you see the people, the people are fixed and junky on the gifts, but not the presence of God. You can't tell the difference between the presence and the gifts. The devil can preach too. The devil tried to preach to Jesus in the wilderness. He even quoted Psalms 91, all crooked. So we come to a place, and, and, and Kenny Perry dad was telling me all this stuff that was going on. And I was like, wow, you see, so, so, so how is it that I'm going to go get ice cream and go shop for clothes? I've been to amazing places around the world. And people said, could we take you? I'll take you. I said, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I was in Japan, right? I was in Japan, and uh, they had these kids that come in, right? Five-year-old, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds come in. And they come to church, right, because they don't, their parents are once single parents or whatever. They can't eat. You know, they only eat once a day. So they had this big pastoral meeting. All the pastors came from uh, the mainland. They came from everywhere, from Japan. And they was going to have this big dinner. 
And I had this Japanese money in my pocket. I know what it was, man. It was a whole bunch of paper in my pocket. I can't tell the difference between, you know, yang yang and ying ying. <laughs> Just know it's money. <laughs> so, so, so they tell me, I said, what's up with these kids that are here? They look kind of dirty, like us when we were growing in the projects. Huh? They look like that, and they say, they said to me, well, they're just here because, you know, we feed them once a week, but this week we can't feed them because you're here, and we're going to have pastors meeting and all this stuff. Oh and then they say, well, you know, in another tw 10 minutes, 15 minutes, we're going to have this big pastor meeting, big dinner. I said, I'm not going there. I said, I'm not going there. I took my money out. I had a wallet like this. I mean, I don't know how much it was. I slapped in that lady's hand. I said, you go buy me some whatever, fried rice, noodles, whatever you do here. I'm saying, take, prepare the room upstairs, and me and these kids, we're gonna go upstairs and eat. We went up there, man, we ate. I couldn't eat with them sticks, you know? I couldn't eat with those sticks, so they got me a fork, and the kids were laughing. We ate, and they had leftovers. I felt like the kid would die. I bought two fish and the five loaves of bread, and Jesus multiplied. I put it up there, you know why? Because I was hungry one, I was starving one. No one fed me, so it's my job to say, here, eat, and they were eating. You had to see these kids, man, they were eating. I mean, with those sticks, I mean, they were little like samurai. <laughs> and they were lying. I got video in my, I got in my phone. I can show you. I ain't making this up. I'm going to hang out with these people. They come from the mainland, and these kids are hungry. Yeah. What would Jesus do in that moment? You, you know what I'm saying? What would God do in that moment? I, I gave them all my money. Then they came back with some quarters or whatever. I was, like, yeah, I, I was going to say, you rip me off. I give it like this. You come back like this. It's, it's, you have to come to a place of understanding. How's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? How's, how's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? What was the last time you had a real moment with the Holy Spirit? What was the last time you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Jesus is not here. Jesus told you, I'm leaving, but I send you the comforter. I send you someone that's going to talk about me. I send you someone that's going to disciple you about me. That's what, what is, who is the Holy Spirit to you? The, the, third, the third person of the Trinity. But we, we, people say, well, the word in Trinity is not in the Bible. Well, there's a lot of words not in the Bible. They're taking the words out of the Bible these days. But if you, if you look at Jesus coming out of the water when he got baptized by John the Baptist, yes? One, yes? Let's count to three now. Ready? That's one. The Father's voice, two. And the, and the dove that came upon him, three. We need to come to a place. We need to come, we need to come to a place. It, it, it's, it's, it's a place. Who lives inside of you? Are you really the temple of the Holy Spirit? Or your temple is contaminated with the things of the world, the cares of the world, the worries of the world? Is, do, do the Holy Spirit, the voice, are you connected to that voice? Let me share something real quick on, the, on my phone. This is, the, this is the story, and then we end with this. This is the story here. Let me just go down. How many Christians suffer in their spiritual life from dryness? How many Christians suffer in their spiritual life from dryness? You know why? There's no connection with the Holy Spirit. There's no connection with the Holy Spirit. Even if you go into the, you know, I was blind with the commission of the blind. And I, I had this, I had crazy joy. And the same joy I got today, I had yesterday, blind. And the doctor's telling me that I will never see again. I was, I was registered with the commission of the blind on 59th Street. And I was blind, I couldn't see. And I still, I still had joy. I still had peace. Matter of fact, my last surgery, the doctor said, go home. Because if you don't go home, there's another slim chance that you really ain't going to see. You know where I went to on that good Friday? I went to church. I didn't go trick-or-treating. I went to church. Yeah. To worship. 
Jesus Christ. Because you see, I don't worship Jesus after I cross over the Red Sea. I worship him on this side of the dilemma, of my situation, of, of the place of where I'm fragmented, the place that I'm hurting, the place that I have nothing to give him thanks for, but I worship him from that place because there's something about worship. I worship them from a place of brokenness, from a place, Lord, I'm still going to give you my worth. I'm still going to give you my worship. I don't care if I can see you, but I know in my spirit I can see you. Amen. A place of worship. So we come to a place, we come to a place today. How many, how many, how many are serving Jesus, they know, right? Uh, they know about the Bible but don't have a living relationship with the Holy Spirit. Disconnected. If you know the Bible, you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible is nothing to you but a history book. Because there's no revelation. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no rhema word in your life. Do you wonder why the Holy Spirit's presence is so rare in the congregation today? In the church at large? People hoop and holler, jump around, bark like dogs. And the Holy Spirit's not even there. Inkabob has left the church. The glory of God has left the church. They're having church without Jesus. It's like someone having, a, someone having a birthday party and you ain't there. And it's your birthday. Delusional. Delivers. And then the pastor's talking about Jesus, and he don't hear Jesus, he don't hear Jesus teaching him because he copied somebody else's sermon. Now we got copycats and duplicates in the body of Christ. No great originals anymore. The great originals are going home. Billy Graham, David Walkerson, the great originals are going home. People don't want to stand in God's presence. They don't want to seek God for a word. They, give it to me, pastor. Junkie. junkie but we miss out on the wonderful blessings and the plan for our lives because we they just put this we're not properly acquainted with the person the third person of the trinity we have church and the holy spirit It's, you can turn on TV today. You can see it. If you, if you can see spiritually. They got churches today that don't even preach Jesus no more. They got churches today that don't preach the blood no more. They don't preach about redemption no more. When was the last time you heard a church say, let's baptize? Or discipleship, a Bible class. They had Bible class here this morning. Last time I checked, did it go out of style? <laughs> Last time I checked, it didn't go out of style. People, my, my thing to you is to say, I can go down the list of people in the Bible. When the presence of God came upon David, when the presence of God came about, upon David, think about it, when the presence of God came upon David, David killed a lion and a bear. David went to take lunch and destroyed Goliath. And he was on a lunch errand. Ain't know what was going on. When you got the presence of God, you don't, have, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to fall back into a shrinking back. You don't have to carry no corpse, no spiritual corpse in your, in your house. When you got God's presence, it's the difference between the presence of God. See, David, David, David never, David, David never wanted the position of God. So did. David wanted the presence. David was such a reject that when they went to his house, David considered him to be part of the family. David was so, when, when the presence came upon David, he was fierce and armed and dangerous. David could sing a song, a worship song. He can play the guitar and then kill 100 people. 
Because there's something about the presence of God in our lives. That you can lose money, you can lose family, you can lose jobs, but don't lose God's presence in your life. Don't lose the presence of God in your life. The presence of God in your life is like the oxygen. It is the oxygen. It is the oxygen that we breathe. It is the oxygen that we breathe. You have to come to a place of understanding, a place to know that without Jesus Christ, without the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will dry up and die. You will shrivel and die. Sometimes we don't have to be, sometimes it's not all about deliverance and the devil. And I'm a deliverance minister, I think I am, sometimes. Sometimes. I'm more like a volunteer in the donkey. Yee-haw! For Jesus. I'm cool with that. Because I was a donkey in the New Testament that was tied up somewhere. And Jesus said, let him go because I need him. Amen. Because yes. there's something about that donkey. He, was, then he didn't have a name. The donkey didn't have a name. He didn't have purpose. He had no destiny. He had no presence. He was just tied up somewhere. Tied up in bondage. And Jesus said, loose him and bring him to me. And then when Jesus said, lose him and bring him to me, Jesus sat on his back. And when Jesus sat on his back, the donkey had recognition. The donkey had purpose. He had destiny. He was going down. The, the donkey was just going down the parade. He, they, were, they were like, they were throwing leaves. Huh? Hosanna. Donkey. Yeah, baby. I got this. The donkey was like, yeah, I got it, baby. West Coast, East Coast, whatever. The donkey was like, yo, peace out. The donkey had it because there's something when you let Jesus lead you. See, the, the donkey wasn't leading Jesus. Jesus was leading the donkey. Don't get it twisted. It wasn't Noah that called the animals to the ark. It was God that called them to the ark. Because the voice of God, every knee, should bow. And every tongue should confess. It's, it's, you see, that's why people tell me, why, why Christianity is the real deal? Let me, well, give me two minutes, stupid. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because every monk, every Buddha, every for Confucius, every, every per Hinduism, every person that die and come back, they don't meet Buddha, they meet Jesus. <laughs> when you ever seen a Buddhist person, a Hindu person, when you see some, matter of fact, in, in his Buddha and his deathbed, confess, I'm still seeking the truth. When Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. Come on, people. Come on. Buddha is still seeking, but Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. Resurrection power. If you want to stay in the tomb, Lazarus, you stay in your seat. But if you want to come out today and let God cut the rope, then you come up to the altar and cut the rope and tell the devil, love don't live here anymore. I got a new man. 